Hello there. Thanks for stopping by. You're listening to The Narrow Century, a podcast of stories, monologues, audio dramas, and histories. I'm your host, Gordon Graham. What you've currently got streaming into your ear holes is the very first episode, so you'll forgive me if I haven't quite shaved off the rough edges yet. Clinical trials suggest that side effects of the narrow century may include amusement, bemusement, cranial itching, smirks, grimaces, waxy discharges, animals gaining the ability to speak, and kryptonite poisoning. If you experience any of these, leave a comment and I'll be sure to dispatch a containment team to your location as soon as possible. Well, with those disclaimers out of the way, I think it's about time to get to the story. Hope you enjoy it. A guy really starts to resent it. You know? Working day in, day out, working your ass off, really getting after a story, filling page after page of that goddamn paper. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's no place I'd rather be working. Newspapers got a long history, a lot of prestige, lets me do the work I love. A lot of people told me a journalism major would get me nothing but trouble, but I showed them. I showed them. Got a good job, I guess. Good editor. Pretty good pay. No, no. The problem isn't the paper. Not really. The problem is Superman. Superman. We gave him that ridiculous name. Lois Lane and the rest of his fan club. Kent. Olsen. Pfft. Yeah. They realized as soon as Big Blue rolled into town, the best thing to do was hitch their wagon to his cape and ride him all the way to the Pulitzers. And the rest of us? Business as usual, mostly, just with front-row seats to the dog and pony show that those guys trot out every week. I mean, don't get me wrong. Superman? Great guy, I guess. Saves the city all the time. Saves the world about as often as I get my hair cut. Truth? Justice, the American way, totally in favor. Two thumbs up to that guy. It's just... When you work your ass off doing a piece on the mayoral race, digging up sources nobody else has, really putting your soul into it, only to have it lose the front page to another lane piece about how Superman saved the harbor from cyborg whales. Yeah. A guy really starts to resent it. And look... Kent and Lane, they're okay reporters, sure, but anybody could do what they do. They get the awards and the acclaim all because they managed to bump into soups a couple of times when he first showed up, and now he only talks to them because he's a creature of habit, I guess, or because he's sleeping with Lane. How's that for journalistic integrity, huh? Uh, that was low. No. Yeah, that wasn't okay to say. That's the kind of crap they print in the gossip magazines. That's no kind of thing for a Daily Planet reporter to say in print or on his own. But everyone's thinking it, right? Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, they all get front row seats to the biggest stories in town because they're, and I'm quoting Olsen here, Superman's pals. 
if I threw myself into the middle of a shootout between the cops and some gangers, what do you think are the odds that he'd happen to be there to bounce the bullets off his ass? Now, what do you think the odds would be if it was Lois Lane doing the same goddamn thing? And this is all just assuming that I even want a piece of the Superman pie. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't, right? No-brainer, right? No, no, not exactly. I've done pieces on superheroes before. Uh, Captain Adam was in town a couple of years ago. I wrote that up. Green Arrow, when he followed that drug ring to the Metropolis waterfront last winter, that was my piece, too. Lane and Olsen were all tied up with Superman's Christmas charity drive. I thought, great, going to cover an important story about an important issue, and it's even about someone who's on the Justice League with soups. It'll be great. Front page, for sure. Below the fold, since there's also a Superman story, but still. It did wind up on the front page. Below the fold. Just like I thought. It just... It felt so self-centered, you know? The whole hero thing. I managed to snag an arrow from one of the crime scenes. He must order them custom or something, because it didn't look like he'd painted it green himself. And I just had to wonder, why is this branding so important to them? And why is it so important to us? Why is it that it becomes front-page news whenever a guy in tights gets involved? Is it really more important, more valuable, when a dude with a Robin Hood fetish is the one making the bust instead of the cops? I felt like I was writing for one of those gossip magazines. Not the Daily Planet. Like I was giving middle-aged housewives the scoop on what was going down and the sordid affairs of TV hosts and movie stars. Except these celebrities can bench-press the Chrysler building out of drunken brawls with gods from space instead of their exes. Plus, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, like the news networks say. And a robot invasion is fought off by Plastic Man or Blue Beetle or Superman or whoever usually has a hell of a lot of blood. How can we expect audiences to go back to stories about dog bites and domestic violence and insider trading and rampant political corruption and the morass of religious and political and economic issues plaguing the Middle East and the decaying state of our nation's infrastructure and the horrifying plight of child laborers overseas? How can we expect them to care about something that doesn't have a chiseled physique and a big red S on its chest? The other day, I had a whim. It happens. I went and pulled the specific numbers on the biggest print journalism sources in the country over the last ten years. A horror show. New York Times, Washington Post, Gotham Gazette, all of them nosediving so far as print is concerned, surviving on desperate changes to web editions and podcasts and social media campaigns. All except the Daily Planet. I mean, we've got a website, but newsprint is still our mainstay. Like, we've still got ten-year-olds on street corners waving their arms and shouting, Extra! Extra! Read all about it! And for all my moaning and sour grapes, I know who we have to thank for it. Clark Kent. Lois Lane. 
Jimmy goddamn Olsen. And Superman. Of course, Superman. It's probably thanks to that little club that I even still have a job with the Daily Planet. And so long as maniacs keep threatening to crash the moon into the earth and building tide machines that'll start another ice age and knocking down buildings with their foreheads and terrifying people in general, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But still, a guy really starts to resent it all. Century, Episode 1, Intrepid, was written and performed by Gordon Graham. Music was provided, with permission, by Petunia and the Vipers. For written material and further episodes, visit narrowcentury.com.